podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire Podcast. So, hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this week's podcast. Uh, we're, we're here. This is our first one uh, that we've done with this where we can say Scarlet's won. So, Martin, how are you feeling this week? <laughs> I'm feeling very happy. Very, yeah. very happy. And I'm optimistic we're not going to lose another game for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's 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 just blind optimism, I think that is. But yeah, no, it, it's a good feeling, isn't it? It's uh, it is a good feeling to kind of be able to sit there and 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 just it's a more is it relief or or how would you call it? Yeah, I I think there's a fair bit of relief. Yeah, in there, you know. Frustrations were boiling over at uh, certain points. Well, it was and, getting a uh, bit silly, wasn't it? It was it, people were starting to call for people to go and let's merge with the Ospreys and all sorts of stuff. And um, no, some some people <laughs> expect instant results. I mean, this 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 isn't uh, this isn't football. You know, we we do have contracts. We do generally see them out. Yeah, and if I mean, if we cut them short, we cut them short. After the season, not during the middle of it, or yeah. even at the beginning. And I think that's you know, I I could see where people's frustrations were coming from. But like we said last week, in it, it's you've got to kind of keep a a realistic view on it. You're gonna kind of understand that there is a system, there is a process, and like you say, you know, sometimes a coach will come in and there'll be an instant reaction. And sometimes it takes a while. And, you know, if it takes a while, it takes a while, doesn't it? So, so yeah, sometimes people just need to keep, sometimes people just need to keep a lid on, um, you know, on their social media. So speaking of social media, let's have a look at the three word reactions first. Let's, let's see what we've got in three word reactions. So, um, <clears throat> oh, I must my throat again. So Lyndon says we didn't lose, which is a bit of a negative start, really, but it's, it's factual. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's quite, it's it's there. It's it's there. It's better than we did lose. Yeah, I'll 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 believe that. Um, Patty says win at last. Uh, David relieves some pressure, which again I think that's quite true. And, and I think Dwayne said in his interview after, didn't he, that it'd be his first decent night's sleep in in a couple of weeks. So it'd be good. Um, Phil, win at last, Mandy, bonus point win. Yeah, Gene, take that win. And it's all that kind of that kind of thing that, you know, you can sense the relief, you can sense the just it's we've got one under the belt. It would have been nice to get it first game of the season. But again, like we said last week, if four games in and we could have won, we could be sitting on a four game winning streak quite easily, quite comfortably in all of those games. You know, we were not far away from all of those. So to to get a decent win against Zebra was quite good. And and it was a decent win, wasn't it? What, what, what did you think of the game? What did you think of it? Uh, well, the, the overall game, I, I thought we, we played extremely well and, you know, we, we managed the game a lot better than we have done, obviously, over the past four weeks of the season. Mm. You know, 
things could have easily gone awry when uh, that, that that magic red appeared. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we conceded almost, a try almost instantly after that. And uh, you could tell there were a few bums going in the, in the, in the stadium. But uh, in all fairness, they, they boys stuck together. And they didn't concede another point after that. And they just kept on pushing and pushing. And I, we, we left a, a lot of uh, tries on that field. Yeah, we did. But we had two disallowed, wasn't it? And yeah, I mean, I, I can understand the, the Jonathan Davis one. So yeah, that was a knock-on. Yeah. But I, I don't get the Callum Afoni both feet behind the ball at the ruck. I mean, you watch every scrum off. One foot is normally in front of the ball when they pick it up. So how, how does that work? Yeah, I, and it... It is a rule, but then uh, when you look at the margin of was it in front or was it behind, and you look at you know what part of the ball and things like that. So yeah, I, I thought it was unfortunate, but uh, rules is rules. Um, if it had been you know that was the decider in the game, yeah, I'd be bouncing off the ceiling. But I think the pressure, the the bit that impressed me was well, the bit that impressed me compared to the last couple of games was the first 10 minutes because that's the first game where we've come out of the blocks do you know what I mean we were away yeah we the the first couple of games first 10 minutes we're just not there we're just we're just sat in a changing room waiting for them to put a couple of points on us so to actually come out and put pressure on them from the kickoff to you know defend the, the first set quite comfortably and then just keep applying the pressure until we got the points. I thought that was more impressive for me than, well, not impressive, but I was, I was just pleased that we'd done it. Do you know what I mean? That, that we didn't, we, we were never fighting back in that game. We were always in control. It's, it, it felt easier, put it that way. But, yeah, we, 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 were never, we never went behind at any stage. We, it was never an uphill battle at any stage. Mm. You know, they, they were, there were tough times during the game, which we came through. Uh, but we never looked like we were really that vulnerable. Yeah. Obviously, like uh, outside of the first 20 minutes, where obviously, you know, you, you're finding your feet. Mm. But uh, outside of that, it, I just, it didn't look like we could have lost at any point. Yeah. It, it was, I think... If it hadn't, if that had been the first game of the season, we would have all been quite comfortable. But I was, I watched a game in a pub. Um, I was at a fancy dress party. I, I was, I was, I was Laurel and Hardy with a wife, and uh, whichever one of them is the fat one, I was that one. So, um, so I spent most of the night in the in the public bar, dressed as as the fat one with a bowler hat on and the tie, watching the Scarlets game. And um, yeah, it just felt if that had been the first one, that the, the, there wouldn't have been a panic. We would have felt in control. And I was talking to a couple of guys that were there watching it, and it was like every time Zebra got the ball, there was just this tension. You know, it was like, yes, we know we're in control. Yes, they, they, they don't really look like they're going to break the line. It doesn't feel like we're behind on anything. But given the last four weeks, we were just always really nervous. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was yeah, a bit like being it, it, a Cardiff supporter. 
Ooh, ooh, that, was, that was a dark comment. Oh, anyway, so, you know, every time Cardiff get the ball, so I talked to a couple of Cardiff supporters, and every time they get the ball, they're just assuming that they're going to nuts it all up. So it just it just felt like that. But yeah, I I felt the certainly the first half. By the time we went in at the first half, I felt that we were pretty much getting back to where we needed to be. It was confident. We were trying things. We were we were slinging the ball around. It just it felt like the guys were enjoying it, and uh, we haven't had that for a while. So, yeah, I, I think one of the the big takeaways was we weren't trying too much. We were keeping it quite close to the chest in contact. Like we, there weren't that many, you know. Round, round the back, outside the back door passes, no little offloads here and there. I mean, I, I think they would, they, we only registered one offload in the entire game, which uh, seems, <laughs> seems quite unusual yeah. for, uh, for, yeah. for the Scarlet's team, but it, it kind of made the point just you know, keep the ball and uh, keep pushing forward. Hmm. I think you can definitely see the improvement there on the last couple of weeks. And, and I know it's Zebra, but you know Zebra are not the team that they were you know, two seasons ago. Do you know what I mean? They 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 have improved and they're competitive, you know? Yeah, they, 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 they're more than likely still going to be bottom of the table, but they're not the perennial whipping boys that they've been in the past. They no. are putting up fights against everyone. And, you know, first hour, first hour against us, they were still in the game. Yeah. I think the difference with them is now is, let's say, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, you'd have rested a lot of your frontline players. And I think Leinster made that mistake at the, the first game of the season and, and nearly lost. Um, you, you, don't, you don't play Zebra with your second team anymore. You, you, you have to front up and you have to bring your first team and you have to be pretty on the button. And if you're on the button, yes, you'll win. But if you're not, they, they're going to give you a few scares. And they did, they, you know, they gave us a couple of scares on Saturday as well, and and the thing, I thought that there was a few too many line breaks. You know, so they they were getting through our line, and I know it's further up the pitch. You know, we're talking halfway and ten yard and that kind of thing, but we, they were still breaking that line. Now, if that's the Stormers or the Bulls or Leinster or whatever breaking that line up there, that's a try. You know, it was only half penny and then a, a, a scrambling cover defence that really kept us alive. And that scramble defence and half penny were really, really good. But you just think, well, if, if it had been Stormers or Leinster, then, you know, would we have held up with that, that scramble defence? You know, so uh, it's a little, that, that was one of the negatives for me. I thought my my plus points for, for the weekend was that my first one is I thought um Williams, uh, Scott Williams and Foxy were really, really well together. I thought they held it together in midfield really, really well. I th- I think we missed yeah. Scott Williams a lot. Yeah, Scott was really considering it was his first game back, you know he took a bit of a knock in a Bristol preseason game. And this is his, his, his comeback. And he it, it didn't look like he, he, he thought he was playing last week. You know, mm. he was fluent with everything. I mean, he even took a little uh, dig with his shoulder at one point. And he just 
you know, shrugged it off and carried on. And you know, it's it's brilliant to see him playing. And you know, he's he, he's he's been a captain for us before, and he does have that presence about him. And it, it's very timely considering uh, the amount of centres that uh, have been you know falling down the stairs lately. Yeah, and I I think with that leadership, I think having him on the pitch helps Foxy as well. I think it takes a little bit of the pressure off Foxy to kind of do everything and to g everybody up and and things like that, and and he can focus on his game more because we we've been talking the last couple of weeks about you know he's not the player that he was and things like that, and you've got to be fair to him. Saturday night, yeah, I, th- I thought he had a really good game on Saturday night. Foxy, I thought his tackling was decent. His his running with ball in hand was good. Um, was, I think there was. There was a couple, or there was one time on the line where it was Foxy put in a couple of tackles, and then it was Combe and Scott Williams that got underneath the ball to prevent a try. So yeah. you know, it's stuff like that that they they really put in the effort in, and and you know, fair play to him. To he's had a fair bit of stick off a lot of people, Foxy has over the last couple of weeks. So to come out with that performance, you know, credit where credit's due. I thought he's done really, really well. Um, what, what did you make of the let's split the line out into two parts let's, let's split it with Ken and then split it with, Iraya, uh, with Ryan Elias how did you think it worked with Ken uh, I, I think it's a little bit unfair to, to split <laughs> Ken and Elias for the, well, but, uh, you know obviously start, start well the starting eight the starting pack you know Line out when was you know it was fairly simple but you know, successful. Yeah. And then obviously you you bring the subs on and you know I it's not always down to Elias. You know you could you could see a, a couple of occasions where I think uh, Morgan Jones went to jump for the ball and I'm not hundred percent sure if it was Stephen Thomas or someone else. The front lifter wasn't in place to to get him up there. Right. So it, it's just a, a bit of miscommunication, just, just fine tuning it. Because I like I I've, I've played hooker during my my time as a player, and I hate the fact that everyone sticks the line out <laughs> on you just because you're throwing it in. You can throw that ball in absolutely perfect a thousand times in a row. If, if your pods are not lifting properly, you're never going to win the ball. Yeah, but then. Like you say, they, yeah, there was a lot of change rounds, and when the change rounds were made, let's put it that way. Then, the, when after the change rounds, the line out, yeah, and it it just it went back to the way we were last season, or and and it just didn't feel like it was operating the way that. So you can see that there's been improvement there. You know, you can definitely see that the. When we put our first fifteen on the pitch, it it does tend to work really, really well. Because the same is true with the scrum. You know that that scrum was rock solid, oh. and you know the zebra scrum at the start of the season gave the Leinster scrum uh, uh, an absolute torrid time for sixty minutes. You know, so you know they, they they're not a side that doesn't know how to scrummage, and our scrum was rock solid. On, on Saturday. I think there was a couple where we pushed them back. But, you know, 
it never looked like ours was going backwards at any point, which was quite nice. And yeah, you know, it gives uh, you the. It, it was, really, it was it. really good to see Harry O'Connor get that that start at tight end now. Mm. And you know, he, he's still he's he's twenty one years old. He he's been in the Welsh camp. Uh, I I know it was due to injuries and whatnot, but. You know, he, he's being transitioned into a, a starter, or at least it seems that's the way it's going. Mm. And obviously, there, there is a lot of work on in the loose state that generally are with any tight dead at that age. But his scrummaging, he is his body positioning is is sublime. Just just to look at him, just to look at the shape all the way through. I mean, obviously, you you know from your your, your coaching badges yourself. You know, you you got you you was it you flex your knees, you 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 go in through all the process, and you can you can just watch him on the side and only a front row it, player would describe it like that. <laughs> only an ex front row player would would sit there and say, "Ooh, I just love looking at the shape of the prop going into a scrum." <laughs> it takes a certain type of man to go, "Oh, that's nice. That is look look at the shape on him." <laughs> <laughs> well, it it goes to tell right? when when you do it yourself and and then you're watching someone else. You, you obviously it, it it doesn't matter what level you are experience. It, it does you you do know what works, what does, and and it, and it transitions through every level. Yeah. So when you just you just look at a player and you know, I I think I think you know most props and guys can can look at a scrum before before the the set, and you're thinking okay. He's engine that's going down. That you, you you can tell. You can just mm. you just look at them and you go in. You know that the ball's going nowhere. That's being reset or penalties being given. Yeah. So it, it it is really pleasing to watch, especially a boy that young, being you know just so technically gifted. I'd say. Mm. See the rest and, of us will we'll watch a scrum going down, and we'll go. I ain't got a clue. I am not going to scooby what's going on there. And then the referee says, do this and do that. And then says, oh, you weren't doing this. And and we're all going, I what? I'm not got a clue. Not. And you've got these tiny little skinny runts of a referee telling these you know, 22 stone man mountains how to hold the scrum up. And and going like I I I would just say, can you do it properly, please? Because there's no way in the world I'd be trying to tell somebody how to prop. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think you're on your own there with enjoying watching how props go into a scrum, mate. But you knock yourself out. You go for it. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. <laughs> but what I did see from O'Connor was, you know, he had quite a few runs with the ball as well. You know, he wasn't shying away from it. He was getting stuck in. He was. He didn't look like somebody coming into their side for their first game. Do you know what I mean? He felt like he was, you know, there and, and he'd just been there for a long time. So it's another one to add to our front row uh, uh, camp, which uh, when Samson Lee comes back, when he's actually back fit, if he ever does, you know, finger crossed, you know, that's going to be a pretty hefty old um, set of boys in the front row, isn't it? Be uh, be good to see. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, I, I really do hope that Samson comes back and gets 
to to some sort of level that he was before. And you know, this this is his second Achilles injury. It's his opposite foot, so that's both of them gone now in his career. Mm. So I, you know, he he didn't he never quite reached the heights that he had before his first injury. So if he can just get back to the level he was at before the second one, would be very pleasing. Mm. Just because I, I, I can't see Javan Sebastian staying with us much longer now being Scottish capped. Yeah. And I think we, we spoke about this in pre-season where, you know, he's not the um, kind of player that... I know he's a local boy and stuff like that, but he just doesn't stand out for me as as, as a good all-rounder. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> It's hard to describe, and I don't want to put the boy down, but there's just, it doesn't feel like, I think it might be a confidence thing. You know, when he's got his hands on the ball, he doesn't feel confident. And when he's in defence, he just he just doesn't look like he's going to mush somebody in and stick him on their backside. Like, you know, if you look at, you know, Ken Owens, been out for what, 12 months, over 12 months. So first start back. And he was absolutely melting some of those. There was one phase on around about the half hour mark where he, in the space of three minutes, he put in four dominant tackles. Yeah? So picking him up, bang, back, off the floor, bang, back again. I think there was a two uh, two phases and he's back again, bang. Then they broke the line. He's back round, he's up again, bang, in the line and caused a turnover. And you're just like, you know, that's that's what you need from somebody in the front row, that's that's a that's a next level front row that's you know helping out the back row, doing all of that kind of stuff. And and I I just never see Sebastian as that kind of player. Do you know what I mean? It's no, I, I do get you. He, he he hits fives and sixes in in every category, but he doesn't mm. tend to go above them. Like wh- one thing I do notice with him is the few times he's been in the Scottish car, camp. His first game back with up, his, his first game back with us, his carrying is really good, but then it drops straight back down. Yeah. So I, I don't know what it is, but I don't know what they do in the Scottish camp, but it seems as always carrying up, up the level for a few weeks mm-hmm. and then just straight back, back to normal. Yeah. And I say, if he does go at the end of the season, um, yeah, well, there are a load up at the end of this season, aren't there? We we know there's a load up at the end of this season with extensions and natural ends and, and things. But yeah, he's I think we we I'm not gonna say blessed in the front row, but I think we're solid in the front row and I think we got a lot of Capable players. Yeah, yeah. If we if Samson Lee doesn't come back we've got players in there that will come and fill that gap. So, yeah, it was it was one of those things. You know, I, I'm not a massive fan of, of the scrums. Unlike the referee uh, for the uh, Ospreys game on Friday night, he loved the scrum. He, he couldn't go 30 <laughs> seconds without having a scrum. So, let's stop all this running around, boys. Let's have a scrum. But... Yeah, I, I thought our scrum was was solid, and even when we went down to uh, seven men, it never it, we didn't creak in the scrum. 
You know, I know there weren't a massive amount of scrums after that, but it was still half an hour with seven forwards on the pitch. And, you know, McLeod was just everywhere. You know, I thought when he had that um, that head contact early in the in the first half, I thought, oh, here we go again. You know, 10 minutes in, head contact, that's it. Like, you know, he's out, he's, that's another HIA, that's another couple of weeks and what have you. And to be fair to him, you, you could almost see him going, nope, I'm, I'm staying on. <laughs> Nobody's taking me off this pitch again. I'm staying on. I'm playing the bloody game. And I, I thought he was immense. I thought he was just everywhere. There, there were times when he had to check and see, you know, was he in that last tackle? Because how has he made it to this tackle? Do you know what I mean? He was just yeah. up and down like a yo-yo the whole time. I thought he was fantastic. And he did put in hell of a shift. I, I will give it to that. I, I'm not sure what his tackle count was, but it, it was it, it more than likely you know, the best for us easily. Mm. And he, he was he, he was like a little whippet. He, he was everywhere. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen him put that much effort into his jackling, which has been a massive area of his game in the past. Mm. But he was literally up and about and everywhere. Yeah, on Saturday. And he and if he did, if he wasn't jackling and winning the turnover, he was slowing the ball down, and it it just meant that Zebra couldn't go anywhere. So, yeah, I know he's he's early back off uh, an injury, and I know in Wales we're particularly blessed at um, number seven, but. I would not at all be at all surprised to see Pivak playing two sevens, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him being included in some of the games uh, over the ordinary. No, that, that, that that's something that I, I picked up when I, I was try, I was trying to pick my uh, my Welsh squad, and I, uh, I I do I do struggle with it. Because, you know, you, you know, I could pick a squad. You could pick a squad. Pivot picks a squad, and you know, they we there's about fifteen boys that we're rotating between the three of us. Yeah, yeah. And it is, but no, um, you know, Pivot does rate Josh, you know, very, mm. very highly. I know we we can understand why we've watched him play over the years, mm. and I it, it wouldn't become as a shock to me if he was included mm. for the autumn internationals. And I, I think if you've got a big enough pack in front of you, you can play two sevens or three sevens. You know, I would not be at all. You know, Falatau isn't your traditional number eight. He's not that big ball carrying, heavy hitting. You know, he's more of a he's more of a centre that's got lost and has ended up in the pack. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's got that kind of skill set. He's not your traditional. He's not Calamaphony. Give the boy, you know, give it to him twenty-eight times in a game, and he'll he'll make ten meters every time. You know, you give to Falatau five or six, and he might break the line four of those times. You know, so he, I wouldn't be surprised to see, in at least one game, we end up with three sevens on the pitch, just because we got so many of them. <laughs> we got them coming up every years at the minute. So, yeah, that that depends on many. A fit though, again, I mean, we we we're still not sure if uh, Tipperick's available. So that's uh, that, that's another yeah. that's another question again. Yeah, and we know Navidi is out, but then you still, you know, there, there there are boys, there are open side flankers who, in any other generation, 
would be a definite shoe in. They're not even in the squad. Oh, 30, 40 car players, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Dan Thomas at Bristol is playing out of his skin every week. And you're like, what's the guy got to do to get a call up for the world squad? Well, actually, there are 10 open side flankers ahead of him, you know? So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see McLeod get that call up. I don't want him to. Purely no. from a, a, a selfish point of view, I think Ken needs a bit more time to work on his fitness. So leave him alone, leave him with us. I think Gareth Davis is probably, you're not going to find out anything new from having Gareth Davis in camp. So leave him with us. Do you know what I mean? I think the less players that we have, you know, the first week these players are in camp, we've got Leinster. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think that's I think that's that's, that. that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah, and we know Leinster are going to lose probably between twelve and fifteen players into the Irish squad, which means nothing to them. But it's you're still working at that that second level, and if we're still working, you know, let's let's see we we have a handsome win against Connaught, and then you're going into Leinster Ooh. and you go in. You know, two wins on the bounce, Leinster away. You know, this is one of those games that could go either way. So, yeah, if we're going to Leinster on the back of two victories and you've got the likes of, you know, Ken Owens, Scott, Foxy, you know, you've got the full raft of players there. You know, I think we're in with a really, really good shout as long as we back it up first of all against Connaught. I think that's that's the the hard bit is we have to back it up now against Connaught. And you know, if we if we if we get another bonus point against Connaught, that's another three places up the league, you know. So it's a big six places gone in two weeks, potentially. So I mean know. it's it's a big ask, you know, a bonus point win against Connaught in Connaught. You know, I, I know they haven't got the best, uh, you know, they, they're pretty similar to us, you know, win-loss mm. record, but the teams they play in and the results they put in, they are they are very much similar to us. Mm. They they could very well be sitting on four or five wins instead mm. instead of just the, the one or two, you know? Yeah, and that's why I think it's important that we do go there. The one thing that we have got that, that they haven't is we've looked like scoring tries. Benetton and... Uh, take Benetton out of it. You know, we've looked like scoring tries everywhere else. And I think that's the difference now is is if we can start connecting some of these dots, um, we, we're going to... We're going to have a lot of four-try uh, four bonus points this season. I think that that's... If if we There's if that's your for, yeah yeah if that's your aim every game that you know we're going to score four tries, then you're going to be in a good place come the end of the season. Yeah, we we put four tries past Ulster. Is it four or five past Ulster? Uh, let me revert. <laughs> Go back through standards. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to my book. Ulster, we scored five. Yeah. So you know. Not many people are going to score five tries against Ulster. We scored five tries against Ebra or six. Yeah, I lost track. Five again. Yeah, well, we we scored seven to be honest. Yeah, but uh, you know, five officially. 
Yeah. I, I, you know, the one I was gutted for was Steph Evans when uh, he was chasing that kick through because, you know, he came on for Foxy at centre and um, that, that chip through. And it, it was it was a nothing kick. Somebody just stuck the boot to it and he was on it like a rabbit, you know. And if it just sits up a little bit more, he's in for a try there, definitely. And I've got to be fair to him, seeing him at, at centre. I know he's only a, a little diddy kind of a bloke, but he, he does all right. You know, he doesn't know oh, where at centre. Yeah, we made the point last week that, you know, we were both pretty impressed with the, the performance that he put in while he was on the pitch. And it was, uh, I think he came on for, for Scott Williams. So it was Jonathan yeah. Davis at 12 and Steph ah, Evans right. at 13. Okay. And, you know, he, it was the same again. He, he he didn't look out of place. You know, he made his tackles, which as you know, yeah. anyone who knows anything of Steph Evans' career will know that making his tackles <laughs> has always been something of, that's been a bit of an issue. So yeah. it, it's incredibly pleasing to see that uh, you know, and th- thirteen isn't exactly the easiest defensive position on the pitch either. Mm. And but I no, think, he, yeah, I think he's he's got a little bit of a. a a bit between his teeth now where I think he knows he's not the number one winger anymore, you know, with Combier and then um, either McNichol or uh, Tom Rogers, you know, the nose is a little bit out of joint and he's, he's a bit like, you know, I'm going to show him, which is great. You know, fair play to the guy. He could have quite easily sat back and gone, I'm off to Japan and I'm going to make some big money or I'm off to France. But he's not. He's like, no, I want that shit. And that's, that's my shit. I want it back. So, you know, fair play to him. You, you can't fault that sort of stuff, can you? No, and it, it is pleasing to see. You know, There's always been questions over his top-end pace as a winger, but as a 13, that pace is definitely there. Yeah. So it, it could be a, a very good fit. Might might have come a little bit late in his career for him to really, you know, probably hit his peak. Mm. But it, it it is looking promising for him, and I'm I'm happy for the boy. Yeah, yeah. I I thought Steph had a cracking game as well. So before we move on to uh, the local stuff, we got to talk about the negatives. And uh, I know it's the elephant in the room, but we just. Our discipline just annoys me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just like Fafita's red card was a stupid one to give away, and Sam as well. Just you're sitting there and you're going, "Why? What? Why are you? You know, they, it's not like they were going for the ball. It's not like we were in a in a position of losing the ball." We were four tries, no, three tries up, four tries. Up. Yeah, I think we just got the bonus point when he went off, wasn't it? And you're just like, why? Why are you, what, what is it that goes through your head that you go, do you know what? Now's a good time to just stick one on the chin. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there isn't, there's never a need, especially when you are a, a six foot four, five, six, whatever you are, just stay that high in the tackle. But I, I did think he was unlucky together, Ed, because they, they didn't look like there was a lot of force in it for me. And that was one thing that the referee didn't take into account when he was going through his mitigation. 
So I'm secretly hoping that the disciplinary panel says, you know what, that red for the game, that's that's sufficient enough. And yeah, he's, and he's back be. with us for next week. Yeah, and for me, at six, I still want somebody that's going to tackle. And I, I've got questions over his defence because he, he got skinned a couple of times. The, the, those um, line breaks that I was talking about earlier, two of them were down to, to Sam just not. One was he wasn't in the line, he was dog-legged, and it allowed a gap to go through and he wasn't quick enough to get to him. And the second one, the play just went around the outside of him and he wasn't quick enough to get to that player. So it, 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 there's a balance between, you know, his attack, which is, you know, just lovely to watch. You could just sit there and watch highlights of his attacking game all day, you know, and and, and still be going, right, there's still more to see. But defensively, yeah, I'm starting to see questions with him. At, at six, you need somebody that's going to, Nail them. Tackle, tackle, tackle. Yeah, and that's why you know I'm, I'd be quite confident putting two sevens on the park, someone like um, McLeod and someone else because they're solid tacklers. You know, N- nothing's going to get through yeah. them. They, they're going to dump them and 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 win the ball, and I, that's why I think Sam. I know we're you know a few players down in the back row at the minute with blade and and what have you but it's um it's one of those things where second row you can kind of get away with it a bit more and do more of the defensive stuff around the ruck but i think he just got exposed too many times at six and i don't know if that built into a frustration that just kind of like whack someone's having it sort of a thing do you know what i mean yeah i mean it it, it is a different game defending as a blindside banker than Defenders a lock, and I, I know there's a lot of talk of these hybrid style second row of blindside flanker players, but Sam definitely is not one of them. And it was an emergency use only. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping we can really we can put this game, you know, put it in a recycling bin, and we we don't have to look at it again. Hmm. So that, that yeah. that's what my my main take for him in this game is. It was a, hopefully just a one off out of position and it, it didn't work well so I, yeah. I don't expect to ever see him at, at six again I mean we have like we said we have Josh Josh McLeod who uh, there's two sides to Josh McLeod there's the six and a half and then there's the seven because we've either got the one that jackals once or twice a game or we've got the one that jackals every single every single rookie can yeah and he's yeah. more than capable of doing both but then we, we've also got Younger players coming through. Um, Shenton, I think Shenton's another six slash seven or seven slash six. Um, you know, and there are other boys that are there coming through that can fill that role as a solid yeah. six, you know. Yeah, I, I, I was quite surprised to see, um, you know, Lousy in that six jersey wearing the team's name because, you know, I, I know he's. He's played seven, eight, but we've had Luca Giannini on the pitch this season already. So I was like, I was a bit surprised that he wasn't in the mix. And mm. we've also got uh, Yestin Reese, who is a is a six, eight mould, 
and he's mm. been playing regularly for Sandovry. So mm. that was another just another name, another player who thinking, you no, know, he has played there. He's not quite made the breakthrough with us, but he's there, he's fit, he's available. Yeah. And and it may have just been, like you said, Zebra and you know, if we'd have lost that game, you know, they would have been absolute fury, wouldn't they? So you can't blame him for kind of going right. Okay, we're 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 going to stick with the tried and tested for this game. We're not going to roll any dice for this game. And it may have been, you know, if we'd have won three games on the bounce going into that game, then maybe he wouldn't have been on the pitch. Do, do you know what I mean? It it would have been a different option. Yeah. But so I, I'm going to throw something in here for next season now, right? So having a look at a couple of bits and bobs. There's a, there's a couple of players that are going to need to come home if they want to stay in Welsh contention. And there are a couple of players that would really fit in very well with the way, you know, where some of our not weaknesses are, but some of our shallow areas are. And he would fit in really well. And that's Chris Chunza. Now, if he came in... Yeah, I get what you're saying. And... He is very much that sort of athletic lock. You know, mm. he's he's got a, he's very. Uh, when I look at him, I I'm looking at, an, at at a different version of Aaron Shingler mm. because there's that same build. There's, there seems to be a bit more power with uh, Chris, but it's that that same type of player. Mm. And I I think. For the type of, you know, he's a big boy, he's quick, he's athletic, he's dynamic. He's, he's everything that we need to make that pack tick. You know, I mean, we, we don't know who's going to go at the end of the season and, and things like that. But now's the time when those conversations are, are happening. And, you know, we made one big sign-in to come in for this season. If we only make one big sign-in for next season that would be the one that I'd be going for. And I'd be absolutely, you know, dog with a bone, less sign somebody that's going to boost what we've got there. You, you've then got three, maybe four top-class second rows slash back rows that can that can take the pressure off um, Callum Afoni at eight, you know, that can reduce some of the pressure that can actually fill that gap, you know, that void left by Jake Ball that, that we still haven't really filled. That just ticks so many boxes for me is having him in our pack next season um, would would just for me sort all of, uh, not all of the problems, but would solve a lot of the problems that we get particularly one person's injured and you're down into, right, okay, somebody's coming in and they haven't really got a lot of experience. Um, you can rotate quite comfortably then with him in the side. But that's that's an aside. That's that's for next year. That's but, a long time coming. Yeah. And, you know, but, I, I, I don't want to start talking about next season. But like we said, we said earlier, there are a lot of contracts up for renewal. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, and it's Peel's second season, but you know, the start of next year, the 23-24 season. Once the World Cup is all over, I think that's that's going to be really Peel's first official squad, yeah. the squad that he has has put together. 
Mm. So, uh, you know, re- results can go e- either way for this season. You know, he's got the back in the management. It- it's really, he's going to start being, you know, scrutinised more in next season when yeah. he's brought in. The f- I-, I know he's only brought in 50 to this season and that was a lot down to money re- resources. But next year in regards to Peel is going to be a massive one. Mm. And whether or not he makes it, not not makes it, because I, I have no doubt that he's going to make it as a head coach somewhere, if not here, then somewhere else. But whether or not that jump is with us here, which I hope it is. Yeah, I I, I think well, you know, now's the time when all of those contract negotiations start in, and Exeter they're in the middle of an exodus for next season with players going left, right and centre because of salary caps and various things that are happening in, in Exeter and in the, the Premiership. And Exeter are on record as saying, you know, at some point, Shins is going to go home because he wants to play for Wales. You know? And there's another well, one there. It's the same with Jenkins. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Because he's, he's a lump of a boy as well, isn't he? He, he is a proper lock. He, yeah. He's not the Chunza, you know, hybrid. He is an out-and-out lock. He mm. is, you know, he, he, I, I don't know how tall, tall he is, but he's like, you know, he, he's like six, 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 six six He is bloody huge. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know, he, he's 90, well, I think he's 20, 21, but still, to be that size at that age, you know, we, you know, yourself oh he's done finished properly growing till the 22 23 and he's looking that size now yeah he you know well, back then even what's out like well there's there's a, a a lad in our local youth team who he's he's attached to academy he's not in academy but he's attached to academy he is 16 so yeah he must be 16 yeah he's a year below my boy yes yeah, so he's 16 Six foot ten. Honest to God, he stood how, next how to wise, him. That's, that's the question. How is he six foot ten and he looks like a string bean, or is it filling out? That's the question. Yeah. So I've stood next to. He's he's a quiet lad, but he, he will come on, and he's got the width. He's got the height. Um, he's certainly got the family pedigree. I played with his dad. Um, so. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to put any pressure on him by by taking his name or anything, but he's the sort of homegrown player that you really hope comes through and you just go, yeah, we're we're starting to breed them big sort of a thing. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that's what we we need. We don't grow a lot of boys. Yeah. We we really don't grow a lot of boys that size. And if we find one, we really... Not... The, the pressure, not not as any, you know, we got to make these boys become professional players, but the resources do need to be made available to give these boys every chance mm. of becoming a professional player. Yeah. And uh, I, I, well, that's why I think when that opportunity for Chinza and Jenkins is there for next season, I think that's where we, we've re- we know that that's our weakness. Ospreys seem fine. With second rows, they seem to kind of pop them out like peas in a pod. And, you know, Cardiff just naturally attract anyone half decent from Newport. And Newport seemed to grow them in, in, in manure. So, 
we we seem to be the side that's you know having said that the price boys we did breed rather attacking players we hmm. breed attacking players we do not breed you know generally we do not breed big front five players hmm. so you know that's that's the thing for me that kind of is starting to stick out now and and say with Lowsey on um on Saturday just demonstrated it again you know him Fafita both out where'd you go now and and that's you know like I say I thought the Price Boys played really well in the second row um but now we're, we're sitting there and we're going well let's hope that Blade is back so we can play six and then you go in if Callum Afoni gets injured or needs a week off, we, you know, then then we are Everyone. struggling. So, so anyway, let's talk about the Connaught game then. Let's 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 make a couple of predictions and have a chat about Connaught. What's, what's your thoughts on the on the Connaught game? It's a Friday game, so it's an early uh, quick turnaround. Um, and it's a trip over to, to Connaught. Not the easiest place to go. They've got the brand new plastic pitch over there as well. So, you know, and like you said earlier, they've been playing okay so far. They, they could have won at least two of their four games. So, you know, how are you seeing I, that? I'm, yeah, I, I'm the eternal optimist. And I, I think a few, you know, Welsh selections could boost our morale a little bit more and really push us over the edge. Mm. Now, um, now Combia has been outstanding, and the game against Zebra, you know, he he made he he, he made stupid amount of clean breaks, yeah. and the amount of defenders he beat, it, it it was unreal. And he just he was going through contact and getting back up. It, it was unreal mm. the performance in- he put in and. His it, try it, it, was yeah. excellent, wasn't it? It, it, it? It was such a simple try, just a little chip through, a chase, and uh, but that's what you want from a winger, isn't it? That's that's. I thought that was yeah. a bloody good winger's try. He's going to be on a high already because of that performance. If he gets a phone call Tuesday morning or however they work it out and say, look, you're in the Wales squad, he's going to be going up a level again. Mm. And I think that could be the case with a couple of boys. I think if Jonathan Davis got that call back in, it would boost him. Same as with Harry O'Connor, I think it could it could do the world of good for some of these players. Like mm. I don't want them to go. Yeah. But I think if they do get selected, like you know, same with Costello, I, I'm you know I, I'm kind of resigned to him going as well. Especially with Bigger's injury, it's you know Bigger's going to be out pretty much all of the. The Autumn International now, apparently, if reports today are to be believed. And yeah, he's the inform 10 at the minute, isn't he? Yeah, I, I was looking, I think, you know, if Anscan comes through, then he's there. But then next off the line, it is, it is throw, you're throwing Costello in at the deep end because, mm. you know, Patchell's not starting, Sheedy's out of favour. And both Jared Evans and Sam Davis have both have both shown they're not up to that level. So mm. they they like really really far back rank outsiders. I know. I, I, I do think that selection it, it could be a big morale boost, and I think it could help us as a team out in Galway. Mm. I think it'll shoot because they they go into camp 
before the Leinster game then, don't they? Because we play yeah, that I think extra it's, one. Um, it? I think it's next Monday they go into camp. Yeah. So it would kind of shoot this in the foot for the Leinster game. But because you, I say, if if you had Ken Owens, Costello, Combier, you know, Foxy, Halfpenny, you know, Halfpenny, since he's come back from his injury, has been absolutely rock solid. But, you know, you put all of those boys on the pitch against Connaught and I'm fairly confident of a win. Genuinely am. I think you, you, up front, we're still a little bit... Um, Injury riddled, but in the backs now, I'm quite confident that you know, even with Steph at, at 13 covering the backs, I'm quite confident that we've got what it takes to to put Connor away with those boys on the pitch week after and, against and another pleasing thing from this weekend is Hardy started a game and he played well. I was really, really <laughs> happy with that. <laughs> weird, isn't it, with Hardy? Because you see more in a Welsh shirt than you do in a Scarlet shirt, you know? Yeah. And I think that's his third game this season. I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw him play three games in a Scarlet shirt, you know? I just, uh, but, yeah, I thought he, his kicking was all right. I thought his tackling was okay for a scrub half. He, he put a couple of decent tackles in, which normally they, they just I think that's the Gareth Davis effect, though. You know, he, he's always been the He's been the aggressor as a scrum half, and obviously Hardy's learned off him. Mm. And you know, you and me, me being started, as you say, you know, they they are the two scrum halves in Wales that uh, don't tend to miss that many tackles. Mm. And well, you know, Dean Blacker coming on, and every time he comes on, he's like a little whippet. And you're like, you know, we we got quality through that nine shirt. You know, Archie Hughes. Is with was, I think he's with Kamal and Quinns at the minute. He's having a couple of games at Kamal and Quinns, and he's yeah, he was uh, playing on Thursday night. Yeah, you know, and he, he's tearing stuff up as well. And you just think, you know, we we got some real quality players there. That it would be nice to see. Yeah, I I can see um, Davis not making it to the World Cup and Blacker taking his place. I really can't. If if he carries on playing the way he is, I think you, at some point, you know, you lose an edge of speed, you lose that that determination to get there. And I just think at the minute, Black has got it, and Davis is is just kind of on the other side of the hill. Do you know what I mean? It's just starting to go downhill a little bit. And at international level, going into a World Cup, you don't want people that are just starting to go downhill. You want people fighting to get up the hill. So that's my thoughts. You know, that's just my kind of. So, so that that's that's where our thoughts on the Connacht game are, Wales. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot. You know, a, a lot of Connacht game um, will, as always, depend on the weather. If it's howling a gale, oh, nice. like it usually is out there. You know, uh, it's going to be a, a, a low-scoring thing. But decent weather, decent game. I think we got it comfortably. And I, I genuinely mean comfortable. I think we got it no probs at all. But was, what, what's your thoughts yeah, that... on the score? Go on, give us yeah. a score. Give us a score. Go on. Or... I, I got to work it out with the kicking and the weather now because half any missed that final conversion, didn't he? <laughs> 
Ooh. What's the weather going to be like for for Saturday? This is going to test my phone now. How good is my phone's weather forecast? Uh, let's have a look. Does it go that far? Um, rain. I know it says rain for us, but we're, we're not that far uh, far away from uh, <laughs> from Connaught. So, um, yeah, I think if it's a rainy one... Well, I- I think we're struggling with the rain because you know they've they've recruited pretty well over the well you know the the Irish teams they being centrally contracted they tend to they do you know pick a few uh, players from Leinster to move to other other was it provinces over there and to strengthen up and I think Josh Murphy joining Connor has been is a very very shrewd move and he he he's shown up that pack a little bit more <laughs> which doesn't bode well for other teams but no um. Wet weather. I still think we can do it, but it, mm. it'll, it'd be a lot tighter if we can get you know dry for you know at least half a match. I, I'd say. Oh, I'm gonna go twenty six nineteen. It's gonna be close. Mm. I, and I think if it is wet weather, actually the plastic pitch plays into our favour then rather than theirs, because you you don't get that bogged down that heavy ground. You do just get skipping off the plastic sort of thing so yeah i'm uh i'm gonna go slightly lower i'm gonna go 20 points to 15 for us i think it'll be uh if it's if the weather forecast is as iffy as my phone says it is i can't see (laughs) you know a bit like that ospreys game on friday night yeah one said it was raining it's raining end of (laughs) But what I have noticed is we now train in the rain a lot more than we used to, before we used to go in the barn. You know, the last couple of seasons, if it's been raining outside, we've been training in the barn. No, this season, this season, they're out, they're catching the high balls, they're slinging the long passes. So, you know, we live in West Wales, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you know, we need to train in the rain. We need to be comfortable playing rugby in an absolute force nine gale. And, and knowing what we're doing. So, you know, fair play. I think that might actually be in our favour now. Yeah, well, it's either training in the rain or put a roof on the, on the stadium. And um, I, I'm not too sure which one's cheaper at the minute. <laughs> yeah, well, I could see seen some of those um, scenes from Saturday night with the rain coming down and you do just kind of oh, think... Oh, it was right, awesome. It oh. was awesome. Just sat there, and you can see absolutely everyone in the north stand hightailing and climbing up the seats. Everyone yeah. was in the uh, concessions, just diving back in. Uh, it, it was it was lovely to watch as someone who was just about covered in the south. No, oh, well, it was. I was fine. I was sitting in a bar with a pint of Guinness, so I, I was. Got, I was sitting there going like, "Oh, that looks nasty. That looks that looks bad." And I've been there. Uh, sat in the first row. My boy loves sitting in the first row because you're like right up close to the players and stuff. So he likes to, trying to talk to the players as they're playing. So um, we've sat there in row one where it's been absolutely, you know, ripping your skin off rain. And uh, yeah, I wasn't too sad to be sat in a nice warm pub with a cold pint of Guinness going, oh, that looks nasty. So, yeah, quite, quite happy. What would be called one of them where the supporters then, is there? Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, 
yeah. I, I, I didn't miss it at all. Didn't miss it at all. So that's our predictions for the Connacht game then. So let's have a, a, a little looky at the the local game. So cup matches last week. Um thought we fared quite well. Um, so obviously the the, the uh, scoreboard podcast is up, but just to recap some of the the key bit. So something you might know, but I don't. I certainly couldn't work it out. There are a couple of games that I know were given as walkovers, and they show up as twenty points to nil, right? And then there was Pembroke and Birchgrove. That showed up as 20 points to nil loss. But I haven't heard if Pembroke made a side or not. And I can't find anything either way, which is odd. So that's the only one that really threw me on the weekend was, was that genuinely a 20 points to nil loss? Yeah, or was it a, a walk-up? And I don't blame Pembroke, you know, for focusing on the league and going, do you know what, let's just take a step, take a breath this week and focus on the league. But um yeah, it's uh, that was the only one that I couldn't really work out. The big game that we were we were looking at, Narbeth Pontepool, uh, you know, Narbeth lost 48-24 in that, but by all accounts give a really good um really good account of themselves and, and, and played really well. So um you know, I think yeah, it, it, I, I can't really say if that's a true reflection on Pontypool or Narvath because I, I haven't been able to find the the team sheets consistently for the last few weeks. So mm. I, I, I'm going to say, well, see, the match report, regardless, you know, it, it was a good front up mm. and it does it does board well because it's not just one team going up at the end of the season, it's going to be at least two, yeah. So I think it, it it does board well for Narbeth in the future, and it, it comes in well for this mm. week coming out. Well, you know, I think what we've seen from Narbeth so far this season is actually the people right. are taking them serious now. People, yeah, there's nobody there going. You know, maybe a couple of seasons ago they were seen as the soft boys in the uh, in the league, but it was easy going to, to Narbeth, and I don't think it's like that anymore. I think they, they've boosted the squad. There's a lot of players there now with a lot of experience that are, you know, we're going up against some of the big boys, the Pontypools and what have you, and, you know, certainly sticking with them for 50, 60 minutes. So, you know, fair play to them. That was that was good. So, um, one score that did stand out for me, uh, Milford, cracking win, 40 points to... Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that was a good win away in pile, that. And... Now, oh, so, social media, right? So I put on social media. So I put all of our um, forecast. Well, I say I put our forecasts, our predictions. I had a stab at remembering what our predictions were, and I put them on Twitter. Okay. So I'll do it again for this week. So anybody that wants to kind of uh, have a go at prediction with us, um, have a look at our Twitter feed on Friday afternoon, and I'll have all the games on there with... Uh, I might even listen back to this, Mark, and, and put um, our scores on there. So I I predicted a 10-B win, yeah, against Resolven. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then a couple of 10 boys went, whoa, hang, hang fire. 
<laughs> let's let's not go annoying resolving before we even get on the pitch. <laughs> and then they had a couple oh. of resolving boys going too late, <laughs> too late. And then Tenby came away with a win. So uh, you know, um, I think Tenby boys. Maybe need it was to have a psychological a... warfare, but there, was, they, they, I think we done well, but there. Yeah, I I think now I've got to predict Tenby for a win every week. Um, and, I think I've seen uh, that. I'm, and I'm going to tag in whoever they play in, and uh, and start winding them up. But yeah, so um, other decent wins then. We was so oh yeah, Cardigan had a decent game against Tybach, thirty-one twenty-four. That was that was the game. Oh, and uh, Harvard West, Harvard West won thirty-nine fourteen. So you know, yeah. decent decent wins, decent games. You know, fair play. So. Can't fault that. So anyway, this week's games. This week's games. Ah, we got one more result that we forgot to. Put oh yeah, on. yeah, 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 yeah. So we had. Oh, I've forgotten the score. It was um in the youth bowl, wasn't it? Youth bowl, Langham yeah, and one eyelid, wasn't it? Langham won twenty four five from all accounts, which is awesome. Nice yeah. little teeny tiny village youth team taking on. You know, some some big one eye teams. <laughs> I, and it is, and yeah, you know, we discussed Langdon before. You know, saying how hard the the whole village works to to get boys on the pitch. So to have a youth to have a youth team when all around you youth teams are folding, and then to go in like you say against a, a quite a well respected youth team. You know, quite a well-respected club in club in uh, one island. You know, fair play to them, and uh, and we wish them well. So we'll we'll keep an eye on the youth um, fixtures, the, the youth cup fixtures and bowl fixtures, and uh, and we'll try and keep uh, people abreast of what's going on with those as well. Because you know, we got nothing else to do. <laughs> Emphasis on we're going to try. There's we're going to no try. Yeah. It depends how many uh, bottles of wine I get through on a Saturday night on that one, <laughs> how, how much trouble I'm in, and how many minutes I can I can sneak away and, and just I'm just going to do this love, <laughs> and I'll be back in a minute. So, um, right, let's let's have a look at this Saturday then. So Narbuth away at Cardiff Met. Ooh, nah, it's 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 an easy choice for me. It's, it's always going to be Narbath. I mean, Cardiff Met, Cardiff Met have got such a job. You know, they, they run so many different teams. Mm. And, you know, it, it it can be a struggle for them on times. But they, they do front up well. But I just think the way Narbath have been playing this season, they're just too strong. Yeah, and I, I've gone exactly the same. I've gone Narbath for exactly that same reason. I just think Narbath are on a bit of a roll. You know, even with a, a defeat against Pontypool, um, I just think the positivity is there right now to take somebody like Cardiff Met and and put them to the sword. So, yeah, I think this uh, I've got a Narbuth win uh, as well. Um, Division one then Aberystwyth are at home to Gowerton. I got that as an Aber win. Uh, I'm the same, but it, it was a bit of a, a struggle. For me to come to that because you know, Gowatan only just lost to Crimmer. And you know, it, like like we've said, you know, there's there's about it's about six teams 
that are really, really up for it in this mm. division at, at the moment. And I think I think if Arba do get a win over Gowata now, I, th- I think we might be knocking that down to five teams. So fingers crossed. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm going for Arba purely because it's a home game for them. And home games for Aberystwyth are, are very, very, you know, the the trip out uh, to Aberystwyth, even on a, you know, even if you're cardigan, you know, it's still a fairly hefty old trip. So you do tend to have a few less players available for that trip. And Aberystwyth are always up for it when they're, they're at home. So uh, next game on the list then is uh, somewhat of a local derby. Crimmich uh, are at home to Pembroke. Uh, we've got one side that can't buy a win and one side that just seems to touch gold everywhere it turns. It's, uh, yeah, that's a Crimmich win every yeah. day for me. Uh, I, I don't even think we need to, we didn't need to say that really. We were both in agreement. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard. I'm a Pembroke boy. So, you know, I got, I got, uh, I got you to you know when you have to get yeah, I got to rephrase that. I'm a Pembroke and a Quinns boy, which is something that neither club w- will let me say. But yeah, I've got connections to both clubs, so um, it is so, hard. You're um, a Pembroke pause Quinns boy. Oh yeah, probably I'm a Quinns pause Pembroke boy. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on swiftly. Whitland are away to Newcastle Emlyn. I got Newcastle Emlyn winning that one because again, Whitland just can't yeah. find any form at the minute. Yeah, same. Struggling Whitland. Have, have, uh, has anyone from Whitland been kind enough to co- get into contact? No, but I might give them a buzz this week and just see, you know, let's have a chat. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Fishguard are at home to Mumbles in Division 2. I think that'll be a good game. I think that'll be a good, that's, should be a high-scoring yeah, game. Yeah, should be a good game. I'm, I'm back in Fishguard all the way, but yeah, it, it, it looks promising. Yeah. And again, fish guard at home, crap weather, wind blowing under a mile an hour coming in down the uh, down the moor. Um, it's about who knows how to play that game better. And I just think fish guard have got the experience. I, I thought they'd rest a few players for the cup game last week, and they did. Um, and I think those players will be back refreshed. So, yeah, fish guard home win for me. Uh, then we've got Milford uh, at home against Carmarthen Athletic. Big game, this big game for for Milford. Yeah, I mean, Carmarthen Athletic. They, they, I, I know they're in a similar position to Milford, but looking at their results, they are they have played you know the three of the best sides in the league, and they have only just come away without mm. the win. So, uh, I I think if I was you know putting money on it, I'd probably say Carmarthen Athletic. But being as though. Mm. We are the Pembroke Podcast, <laughs> and Milford had a massive win this weekend. They're going to keep it going. Milford, 100% yeah, for the win. I've gone Carmarthen. <laughs> just, just guy. Just think, I think Milford are just struggling. Think I know they've had a decent win, but I just think they, they, they are struggling in the league. But okay, so Tembi away, uh, uh, away in Tikroyce. So I've gone for a Tembi win here just because I've started something now and I've got to keep backing it up. So that's the only reason I've gone for a Tembi win. I don't actually know how yeah, good Tikroyce are. I'm sticking with Tembi. They, they, they're very sim- very similar based on the few results that we've seen so far. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it really is a flip of the coin, you know, this early in the season. Mm. 
But uh, no, I got a back to NBA. Okay, Koki, then. So I don't need to ask you who you're going for in the next one. Then we move into Division Three, <laughs> Harford West at home against Cardigan. I'm guessing you're, you're sticking with the Blues on that one. Am I? Don't tell me you're going to give up on on Harford West now. You know you you called them every game so far this year. Tell me, Mark, do you stick well, with Harford West? Know, time, times have got to change. But not this week. How about from West are gonna win? <laughs> okay. Uh Langham at home to Lan. I uh, Lan are on a bit of a roll at the yeah. minute, isn't they? So yeah. Uh Aberay, yeah, yeah on away to Slanabother. Aberay run looking good. They're looking really strong, putting some yeah. pretty good score lines. Yeah, I I've got that one then. So Nayland at home to Pembroke or Quinns. Oh, I'm going three yellow cards, two red cards, and a couple of ambulances for that one. It's just the wages. That's just the way that game goes. But I'm going for a Quinn's win. Cause Ooh, I me too. Good. <laughs> I wouldn't be allowed to walk around but, if I went. I, I honestly thought that you were going to go the other way. Just, you know, just, <laughs> just, just wind them up. <laughs> no, no. I, I, you know, Quinn's got a young side this year. And they're doing really well. So, yeah, I've gone for Quinn's win um, over there. Uh, St. Clair's at home to St. David's, the Battle of the Saints. Where are we going there? Do, do we really have to discuss this game? <laughs> I've gone for a, a, a quite a strong... I mean, St. David's are playing really well. St. David's are really playing very well. But St. Clair's are too strong. Yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 We're all in agreement. And then last game is Pembroke's College uh, away at Neath College. And at that point, our recording dropped out. So um, Martin is quite adamant that uh, this is Pembrokeshire College week. Uh, this is their big opportunity to, to take a scalp for this season. I'm not quite so confident. So Martin's gone for a, a Pembrokeshire College win. I've put my money on Neath for this week. So, um, yeah, so we wrapped up everything from, from there on in. So don't forget, guys, this this podcast is all about, you know, part of it is about Scarlet's, part of it is about local rugby. And as we move into the Autumn International period, it's a big opportunity for local rugby to really put itself on the mark uh, uh, and, and really let people know that it's still here. Let's get people through the gates sort of a thing. So if you fancy coming on board and doing a, a, an interview, by all means, the next couple of weeks is the best time to, to come and have a chat. Get in touch with us either through the email or through our Facebook page or through our Twitter or whatever. Just drop us a line and we'll get something sorted for you. Um, in the same respect, you know, we, we'd love to hear your match reports. We'd love to have you on for a couple of minutes and, and just give us a, a real sense of what club rugby is like. Because that's the way we get people through the gates, guys. That is how we get new people through the gates and going, yeah, this is something that I quite enjoy and I'm going to keep doing more of it. So tell us about your match day experience. Drop us a line, let us know, and we'll happily have you on for future episodes. So don't forget the scoreboard is live on Saturday night at the latest on a Sunday morning. All the scores from Pembroke's Rugby through the weekend. Um, 
Have a great week, guys. Enjoy your rugby. It's been a fantastic week to be a Scarlet this week. So long may it last. Enjoy your rugby. And we'll chat again next week. Thanks so much. You have been listening to the Westerer is Besterer podcast from the Scarlet Supporters PEMS team. You can follow us on Twitter on Scarlet PEMS. Find us on Facebook with Scarlet Supporters Pembrokeshire or email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. And remember, West is best, but Westerer is besterer. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.